From APM Reports, this is the Educate Podcast, a collaboration with the Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. And I went door to door knocking, asking for help. I wanted to ask people to help me um, to learn English. Alexis Rodriguez was nine years old and he needed a teacher. And I knocked on the first few doors and I got the same response that they too did not know how to speak English. And it wasn't until like the eighth door where I knocked and this guy came out and he said, what do you want? Alexis was knocking on doors in his apartment building in Santa Ana, California. His family had just crossed the border from Mexico. It was the end of the fourth grade and the school said he was going to be held back because he couldn't speak English. The tall, skinny guy who answered the door that day agreed to help him. Hugo was a high school student who made Alexis flashcards and took him on walks around the neighborhood. He would go and point, like, what is that? And he would quiz me and all that. And so he was my first real teacher, I think, that was like, that really took the time and devoted his time to help me. And now reflecting back every single time I think about it, like, he changed the trajectory of my life. Now Alexis Rodriguez is a teacher. But that border crossing when he was nine? His family came here illegally. Rodriguez is able to work as a teacher because of DACA. That's the Obama-era program that allowed some undocumented young people to get work permits. The Trump administration is ending it. When Rodriguez's DACA runs out, he can't teach anymore. There are a whole bunch of teachers in this situation, maybe as many as 20,000, according to the Migration Policy Institute. If DACA ends, they could lose their jobs at a time when the U.S. is already facing teacher shortages. A recent report by the Learning Policy Institute found that in California, 75 percent of school districts were having a hard time finding teachers. Bilingual teachers are in short supply, and bilingual math teachers like Rodriguez are especially tough to find. This week on the podcast, we consider what it would mean to lose those teachers. Our correspondent Sasha Eslanian has the story of one teacher with DACA. Alexis Rodriguez teaches high school math at a charter school in South L.A. What we're going to do is an activity I like to call Dance Dance Transversal. And yes, we're all going to dance. No, I'm just kidding. Today, his ninth graders are learning about angles. Show me same side interior. Show me alternative interior. Almost all of the students at the school are Latino. Like their teacher, some of these students came here illegally with their parents, and some of them are still struggling to learn English. Rodriguez gets what they're going through and what they need. He works the room, switching to Spanish if a student isn't catching on. Interior, right? Adentro. Interior. Yeah. For 90 minutes, Rodriguez holds the ninth graders' attention, offering them fist bumps and high fives and a stream of encouragement. Even though they're freshmen and it's math class, Alexis Rodriguez's classroom is kind of a college empowerment zone. On the wall, a sign says, your journey to college begins here. The corner by his desk is decorated with college pennants, including a large red banner for his alma mater, Wabash College in Indiana. He wants these kids to know they can go to college, even if they're undocumented. He did it. But it can seem impossible. Undocumented students can't get federal grants or loans. What made college possible for Rodriguez was a full scholarship. His parents work in a textile factory. It's hard physical work grabbing hot garments off the line and packing them in boxes. I actually worked there with them for one summer, and it was the most brutal, most intense thing I've done. And I think my parents made me do that on purpose because they're like, I want you to realize 
that your education is very important and what you're doing is worth it because there was times I, I was like uncertain whether I was going to graduate from college. He went all the way to Crawfordsville, Indiana for college, and he stuck out in the small town where most of the kids are white kids from the Midwest. One night, he and a friend were up late studying and decided to walk to a gas station to buy Dr. Pepper. Motorcyclists with Confederate flags on their bikes caught sight of them. I just heard them scream like, go back to Mexico, you beaner. And I thought to myself, like, what did I get myself into? You know, like, is it going to be like this the next four years? And if so, like, I don't know if I could make it. But he did. He graduated with a math degree and started looking for a job in finance. Then he met a recruiter from Teach for America. TFA trains new college grads to teach in low-income schools across the country. It was looking to diversify its teaching core. TFA wanted bilingual candidates, and it started specifically encouraging people with DACA to apply, says Verdiana Carizales. We were seeing how many of our own students in the communities that we teach are actually immigrant themselves. Carizales manages TFA's DACA program. It was important for us that we were able to bring teachers into the classroom that share the same backgrounds and the same experience of our students. We've seen through research that when you have a teacher who is able to identify with their students that they're teaching, that it has a, a, it has a potential to have a bigger impact in the student. Carizales knows firsthand why that matters. As a young girl growing up in Texas, she too was undocumented. And it was so hard for me to see or picture myself in others, you know, picture a profession um, that I could pursue. And it was hard for me to see myself with a successful future. If I had had teachers who were formerly undocumented or undocumented, had gone through the experience of being in this country um, and figuring out how to go to college as an undocumented student, how to apply for scholarships, that would have changed things for me tremendously. You know, so being able to see yourselves in your teachers and other professions, it makes an impact. TFA has hired nearly 200 teachers with DACA across the country. Not all of those teachers tell their students they're undocumented, but Rodriguez did it on his very first day of teaching. He wanted every kid in the school to know they had an undocumented teacher in the building. I just went on the overcom and I said, oh, hi, I want to introduce myself. I'm Mr. Rodriguez. I'm undocumented and I'm afraid. If you're interested in pursuing a higher education and you're undocumented, you don't know if there's any ways of you attending college, I'm in room 113, come and see me. And now it's like, nobody's going to come. And like surprisingly, there was like 12 kids. He wanted to do something for these kids, so he and another teacher set up an after-school club for them. They called it the Dreamers Club. That was four years ago. There are now 50 students in the club. Some of them are undocumented. Some of them were born here, so they're citizens, but they feel vulnerable because their parents are undocumented. When Trump's surprise victory threw immigrant communities into crisis last fall, Rodriguez says his students had a place to turn. Right off the bat, like after the elections were over, the first thing the students did was come into my classroom. You'd think that I would be the one asking them how they're doing. They all came in, rushing in, trying to check in on me as well, right? Like, And it's that connection that we have in my classroom that I think they're able to open up right away. Like, hey, my parents are scared. Like, they don't know what to do. What should we do? Am I going to get deported as well? But am I a U.S. citizen? Am I going to go to a foster home? Like, what's going to happen to me, Mr. Rodriguez tried to provide reassurance, but he was worried, too. His own parents were so scared about being deported that they stopped driving anywhere but work and the grocery store. 
Rodriguez worried if he lost his DACA, he'd lose his job. I didn't want my students to feel like I left them. Um, a lot of the times our students we serve see more than three teachers a year because the turnover rate is so high um, that they're like, Mr., I've never had a real teacher. Like, like, I've had substitutes throughout my whole life. Rodriguez spent winter break writing out a lesson plan for every remaining day of the school year in case he couldn't teach them. A teacher like Mr. Rodriguez is rare, a male who's bilingual with a STEM degree who wants to serve low-income students. Finding teachers, period, is tough for many schools. Here in California and other places, we're projecting a, a very significant shortage of teachers. That's William Perez. He's an assistant professor of education at Claremont Graduate University. He says undocumented students can help fill this need. And in fact, his research shows 9 out of 10 of them want careers in the so-called helping professions, such as teaching. And it's not a coincidence. I mean, you know, their struggle has been formative, not only in developing their passions, but also developing their professional aspirations. So many of them want to be teachers, professors. They want to be social workers because these people played a critical role in their educational attainment and success. It's Donald Trump's inauguration day. And in Los Angeles, protesters have gathered for a march they're calling United Against Hate. Alexis Rodriguez is here. He's wearing his college cap and gown. Immigrants are welcome here. Immigrants are welcome here. It's a little shocking for a teacher to skip a day of school, but Rodriguez told his principal this was where he needed to be. I thought it was critical that I was present and that made my, just my voice loud and clear. Alexis Rodriguez is protesting because he's hoping things will change, that the president or Congress can be convinced to allow undocumented immigrants like him to stay. But he knows it's possible that he could lose his job. He could even be deported. And he wants to make sure there will be someone left urging his students to go to college. So he's turning to his former students, the ones who have made it to college. The day is over, and Rodriguez has invited three of his former students to give college advice to the Undocumented Students Club. He's ambitiously calling it the first annual alumni student panel. No matter what happens to him, he hopes this tradition will carry on. He's decorated his classroom with gold and black balloons, the school colors, and printed up programs in a graduation party theme. Honestly, like this is one of the most emotional days of my life, just simply because when I first like, even thought of the Dreamers Club, it was just a vision and a dream, really, that one day all my students that we uh, mentored that will come back and actually be the ones mentoring you guys. Three college students smile at the front of the room. They're studying at UCLA, UC Riverside, and Cal Poly Pomona. Rodriguez welcomes them back to their old school. I just want to tell you guys that I love you guys, and, and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart that you guys are here. Let's give it up for Marcos Gonzalez. The college students go through a list of questions about a typical day in college and dealing with the culture shock of leaving their Latino neighborhoods. A lot of the high schoolers want to know how to afford college. Olga Ruiz is a student at UCLA. She tells them they should apply for as many scholarships as they can. If you pour your heart out in your personal statements and you actually make the people feel the struggle you guys are going through, they'll understand and they'll 
they'll open up to you guys as well. Olga was able to get a lot of financial aid. When she went to college, she wasn't sure what she wanted to study. But she recently decided she wants to study education because she wants to be a teacher, just like Mr. Rodriguez. If she loses DACA, though, she won't be able to do that. When the Trump administration announced it was ending the program, she was scared. One of the first people she heard from was Mr. Rodriguez. Yes, he called me and he was willing to come pick me up. Not only me and other DACA students as well that were with that we were her students like last year. And he wanted all like all of us to talk because he knows what it feels like. You don't feel comfortable throughout the day. He told her no matter what happens, don't give up on education. Mr. Rodriguez kept saying we're going to keep fighting through education. Since um, we can't actually, like, do anything much more. He's like, we're just going to get our PhDs and still fight and keep saying, you know what, no matter what, we're still going to outsmart them. When Alexis Rodriguez was nine years old and went knocking on doors looking for an English teacher, he knew education was the key. If he could just find a good teacher, he could succeed in school. Now he is that teacher, not just helping kids learn math, but showing them that they can make it to college despite the challenges and obstacles of being an undocumented student. But all along, Rodriguez has been worried about his own future, too, wondering if he'll be able to keep taking advantage of his own college degrees. He has a master's degree, too. He doesn't know the answer to that question, but he does know that he can keep his teaching job for now. Because earlier this month, Rodriguez was able to renew his DACA. He's got until January of 2020. What happens after that is up to Congress and the president. In the meantime, he's trying to stay focused on his students and not on his own fears about the future. Every time like, I even like, start thinking about it, it's just like my energy levels go down. My, I'm not able to function, and I need to be able to function for my students. I love being so high energy in front of my kids because that's what they feed off of. And to me, if I think about that, like that just goes down the drain and I can't do that. I deserve better. That story was produced by Sasha Eslanian and edited by Emily Hanford and Chris Julin. If you missed Sasha's recent documentary about undocumented college students, scroll back to the Educate podcast episode we released on September 7th. You can also find a link to the documentary on our webpage, educatepodcast.org. We'd love to hear what kinds of thoughts and questions this podcast and our other work bring up for you. You can send an email to contact at apmreports.org. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at educatepodcast, one word. And we're on Facebook as well. Now, since you're listening to this podcast, well, chances are you love great journalism and great storytelling. We want to tell you about another podcast we think you'll like by ProPublica. On The Breakthrough, ProPublica takes you behind the scenes with journalists who reveal how they nailed their biggest stories. Find out how one reporter uncovered a story of murder, misadventure, and injustice involving a Las Vegas circus performer, a drifter, and an ambitious prosecutor tangled in a case of wrongful conviction and how another reporter and her team used social media and old-fashioned shoe leather to show how the U.S. has the worst maternal death rate in the developed world. The Breakthrough is a show for anyone who recognizes that there is always a need to hold power to account and who wants to hear stories that reveal just how journalists go about doing that. Want to hear more? You can find The Breakthrough today at propublica.org podcast. And subscribe to the podcast by searching for The Breakthrough 
wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for APM Report Education Reporting comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.